Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning. It's uh, 5.12 in the morning right now. I'm getting my day started early. Trying to trying to get on that Jocko Willenick schedule. No, not really. That dude's an animal. I just happened to wake up this morning. I knew I wanted to do this recording. So I uh, <clears throat> had the discipline, put the work in, went to bed. A decent hour last night, set my alarm, let my alarm go off for a little too long. That's okay. It's one of those graduating ones, so it doesn't get super loud. Uh, Got out of bed about 4.30 this morning. Got some coffee made, fed the the cat, all that sort of stuff. Think I'm ready. Think I'm ready. Um, Before we get started, though, you know, I wanted to take a quick moment and just really say thanks and show my appreciation and my gratitude for all the people that listened to that first episode. Uh, there was a number of you. Uh, I got some great feedback from it. Really, uh, really appreciate the support. Really appreciate the feedback. Really appreciate the listen. Really means a lot, especially, uh, you know, anytime anyone starts out on, an, on a new venture. And so specifically me starting out on this new venture, um, it's good to have that positive feedback, and I am personally grateful to each of you that have listened to it. And so I just kind of wanted to start this episode off by taking that moment and really showing that appreciation, that gratitude. And I hope that we can uh, continue continue down this journey. I hope you stay with me for the duration. Uh, this this is uh, this is gonna be uh, gonna be a good adventure, a good journey. Anyway, thanks thanks to everybody. So. Today, I wanted to um, talk about something that's been um, that I've that I've been finding a lot of interest in lately. It's really kind of captured my imagination, captured my um, sort of just like took over my brain as far as like how I view the world and how I uh, go about my interactions with people, my day to day, whatever. So that thing is um is positive psychology uh today specifically i want to talk about how we get over the weakness focus all right how do we um get over that what is that what do i mean when i say weakness focus versus say strength focus um and how excuse me how do we move from a weakness focus to a strength focus so that we are more engaged, so that we hit flow states more often, and so that we are happier, more optimistic, and more fulfilled in life. So that's kind of like what I want to talk about. So um, so positive psychology, I mean, it's been it's not like it's anything new, right? It's been around forever. I mean, you, you look back to even you know, Plato, Socrates, those sorts of things. Those, those, those fine fellows were, you know, constantly looking for what is happiness, what's the meaning of it, how do we achieve it, you know, what makes for a fulfilled life, those sorts of things. Um, and, and obviously different people had different views on that. You look at like, you know, Marcus Aurelius, right, where he looks at, uh, talks about challenges, where he, he says, uh, you know, in life, you have to overcome 
impediments and then like sort of what was it it's impediments become the way right so it's like overcoming those challenges and not just thinking the idea behind that is like we're not just thinking that there's this obstacle in my life whatever it is um and i don't know how to get around this obstacle um my you know i'm focused on on the can'ts i'm focusing on my weaknesses um when the obstacle the impediment becomes the way we start focusing on our strengths and we start focusing on like how do i make this happen right how do i make this happen in the best possible way especially you talk about you know ancient greece and whatnot ancient rome um where it's like you know those guys those, those folks had a hard life right Their life expectancy was what somewhere in the 40s something like that so not a whole lot um when we when we really talk about um you know the positive psychology and stuff like that so even like today and really um what's cons- the the person that's sort of been uh, anointed with the title of father of po- positive psychology is a gentleman by the name of martin selinger uh dr selinger is he's a he's a psychologist at um the university of pennsylvania he's a brilliant man um but back in like 98, I believe it was, he was addressing um, the APA at, at, a, at, a, at an event, at a gala event or something to that effect. Um, and he actually was the, the president of the APA. The APA is the American um, Psychological Association. Um, so for a while, he actually was the president of the APA and he doing a lot of research into you know how do we stave off depression right not just how do we deal with it once it's there but how do we prevent it from happening in the first place and during the course of that what he came to realize was that the focus of the field of psychology in general has had an inherent flaw in that um, the, the field of psychology should be all things that have to do with the mind, both positive and negative, right? So not just depression, but also uh, happiness, right? So not just uh, how do we get out of, uh, how do we deal with, you know, psychopathological disease, but also how do we help people to flourish, right? How do we help people to become the better versions of themselves, Um, people that are already you know good right and by that i mean like you know they're not suffering necessarily Uh, and so he presented this idea to the apa uh, basically saying that like we've for too long the field has been focused on weakness right on negative on on what he what he calls the weakness model um and by that what he what he meant was we're focusing we being the the you know psychologists psychiatrists the the field of mental health at large um has has sort of been operating from this stance that people are broken right or that the only way the only way to insert themselves is by focusing on what is wrong and not what is right and while that could get, he kind of put it on this continuum, this time, this this continuum where it's like that might get a person from 
you know, say uh, an existence that's valued at negative five, that could get them from negative five back to zero. Zero being just like, I don't have symptoms of, you know, whatever this depression might be, or this anxiety, these fears, what have you, whatever mental health issue. Um, but that doesn't solve the question of how do we help people flourish? How do we take people from zero to positive five and beyond? Right? So, you know, it's, it's important to know, though, that um, these two things sort of exist on, on, on two different continuum. Right? So, um, by that, what, what I mean is it's not enough just to get rid of fear, get rid of depression, get rid of anxiety, um, deal with, you know, anger management, these sorts of things. Like, that's not enough. Like, simply, simply taking away the symptoms, whatever those, those negative symptoms are, that doesn't equate to adding something productive, it doesn't equate to adding positivity. That doesn't equate to joy, peace, love, um, happiness, flourishing, right? Um, th those are two different continuum and have to be addressed separately. The problem with the way that the field of psychology and the field of mental health was going was that all it did was focus on what is wrong with you, not what is right. And so... I've been reading a lot about this lately and it's really kind of struck a tone with me and the reason that it strikes a tone is that I kind of think about you know certainly as a leader um, you know and, and the positions that I've held the leadership positions that I've held and, and even the leaders that I've had and just being a member of a team and even just thinking about myself in general I think that this this idea that was happening in psychology has somehow permeated a lot of our culture and a lot of like who well how we operate as a society and a lot of how we operate as individuals this idea that we focus on on weakness we focus on what is wrong as opposed to focusing on what is right and I think this is um, you know, led to a lot of uh, a lot of failed aspirations. I think this has led to a lot of mediocrity. I think this has led to a lot of people not starting right, whatever it is that uh, that they want to do, um, because if if all you're doing is trying to to shore up, you know, weaknesses. If all you're doing is trying to um, address those things that are negative, and you're not nurturing the strengths that you have, you're not using the strengths that you have. You're not uh, leveraging those to the best ability. Then the best you could really hope for is to get back to zero, right? The best you could hope for is flatline. Is just base rate you know, meet the minimum standard, whatever you want to call it. Focusing only on where you're weak oftentimes actually um, will lead to atrophy of the natural strengths that you have. And so in the end, you're actually like, 
sum total worse off than you were. So I'll, I'll give an example. Let's see if let's see if this works. All right. So hey, remember, all this is like, you know, this is all me coming off the cuff, right? This is just sort of uh, consciousness streaming out here and and whatever. So I'm gonna I'm gonna see if this example works. So if I am a person that um, you know has has a desire to here we go. Let's say even. Um, that I have that I want to play an instrument like I, I like music right I really like music I like listening to it I enjoy it um, but I got no talent for it I've got no talent for it but hey I'm gonna I'm gonna play the guitar and this is how I'm gonna go and I'm gonna make my money I'm gonna get it I'm gonna become a musician I'm gonna make my money because I like to listen to music but um, creativity in that way isn't necessarily one of my strengths so i try to play guitar i spend all this money all this time all this effort i might get decent you know i mean anytime you practice anything you're you're gonna you're gonna pick it up somewhat right but if i don't have you know a, a natural inclination towards creating music um then you know that effort as far as like a, a means of uh, supporting myself financially, means of making money, is going to be wasted. I'm never going to be a Joe Cetriani. I'm never going to be a Jimi Hendrix. I'm never going to be uh, Steve Ray Vaughan, uh, Eric Clapton, you know, BB uh, King, any of these greats, right? That's just not going to be. Um, but that doesn't necessarily mean that. Uh, you know, I'm not creative. Maybe my creativity is just better utilized elsewhere. Maybe I'm really creative at solving complex problems. Maybe I'm really creative at out-of-the-box thinking, right? Coming up with unique solutions to problems. Or uh, maybe I can get creative when it comes to negotiations. And so if I love music, instead of, you know working on a weakness that is my ability to make music but instead I insert myself into the industry that utilizes my strengths in that it's still creativity it's still the strength of creativity but now it's a strength of problem solving and so now I become a manager or I become a, a production guy or I become uh, you know some something to that effect you know an agent um, where I can better negotiate terms of a contract, I can better negotiate um, venues, like what have you, right? And I can kind of see that. So I'm still leveraging creativity. I'm just leveraging it towards my strengths rather than my weaknesses. Does that make sense? I hope it does. And so this is what I mean when it's like, if we're focusing on weakness, we're probably, we might just be spinning our wheels. And we're certainly not going to be um, being our sort of true authentic selves, right? So we talk about using our strengths versus using our weaknesses. Generally speaking, if we're in a position where we are using our weaknesses and we're focusing on our weaknesses, that work is going to be draining. We're going to be disengaged. We're not going to want to do it. We're going to be easily distracted. 
and it's the end product of that is just it's going to be trash right because we don't care this is boring i'm no good at this i don't it's not even that i'm no good at it it's just that i just don't want to do it because it's not interesting to me i don't feel engaged i don't feel like i'm using my authentic strengths and being my authentic self when i'm doing this whatever it is and so the the end result is is going to be subpar to put it lightly however when we when we operate from our strengths then all the more right it's going to be uh, we are, are going to be engaged and we are going to be excited about it. We are going to want to do it and we're going to want to do it to the best that we possibly can. And therefore, in the end, because of that desire and that effort and that engagement, the end product is going to be that much greater. And so getting back to what I was talking about, like thinking about this in terms of like being a leader and just being who I, you know, a person operating in the world how often is it that when it comes time for evaluations for you know your your employee evaluations your counselings whatever they are your um, year-end hey here's how you doing kind of deal monthly evals whatever it might be how often is that encounter focused on where you can improve What's the ratio of things to work on to get better or areas in which a person has failed vice here are the things that you're doing really well and here's how we can make those things that are going really well just skyrocket into greatness. Yeah, these things didn't go so well, but these things really, let's focus on these things and really uh, take full advantage of, of these strengths that you're exhibiting. How? What's the ratio, you think? I'd venture a guess that a, an average yearly eval could be as, as strong as 80-20, focus on the negative. Um, and we, if we look at, like, say, the uh, totality of, of uh, work histories, evals, right, evaluations, whether that's yearly, quarterly, monthly, whatever it might be, if we take the totality of that body of work, what do, what do we think the, the focus on the negative is? I, it's, I, I'm sure the, the ratio is it's got to be at least... I'm I'm gonna say minimum sixty forty, but I, I'm guessing more like eighty twenty. And why is that? I know in the like in the field of psychology, I read this this ratio where it was like the negative to positive um, events, and by events I mean like the the research right, the negative to positive. Um, research studies into like you know and by that I mean like what is wrong with people versus what is right with people what helps people go from negative five to zero to you know zero to infinity right it's something like minimum two to one twice as many studies on what's wrong with people than what's right with people 
And these are, you know, case studies, these are longevity studies, all of that. I would think that it's at least that in, in our work life, in our, in our personal lives, where it's like, hey, you didn't meet your sales goals this year, or you didn't, um, you know, whatever, I, I don't know, you, you didn't perform this task up to par, um, and so we need to focus on why you didn't do that. I get it. I, I do. I, I personally, I think it's some bleed over from the realm of psychology um, and just the way that our minds operate and like how that sort of permeated our culture for whatever reason. Uh, but I get it from a business standpoint. If you're losing money, that's a problem. It needs to be addressed. But this is also why these things are two different continuum and why um, focusing only on the negative isn't okay because let's say hey you didn't meet your sales quota this month or this year or whatever it was so we need to figure out what's wrong well okay so you figured out what's wrong and now you're, you're at baseline right so you met the minimum standard good job you're mediocre way to go who cares who fucking cares you're zero goose egg right the real question is how do we go from zero to plus five, from zero to who knows what the limit, sky's the limit. There is no limit because you're leveraging your true authentic strengths. You're being your authentic self, right? Right. So uh, if it's something like, hey, yeah, I don't know, you're not converting on your sales call. Well, yeah, it's because this script is just trash, right? And you're forcing me to follow this script and it's just not how I talk. And so I'm not able to engage with the person on the other end of that call in an authentic way. Here's how I would do it. I would be more authentically myself. I would, um, you know, ask some of these questions. I would do it this way, that way, what have you. And now all of a sudden those sales calls start playing to the person's strengths and allowing that leverage. Now all of a sudden, instead of just meeting the standard, meeting the quota, they're surpassing it by however you know, 100 units whatever you know whatever that looks like because they're leveraging their authentic selves and they're leveraging their authentic strengths instead of just focusing on what's wrong let's start focusing on what's right let's start focusing on you do this really well and so how can we get more of that out of you, right? How can we get more of that out of ourselves? And there's this thing, I don't know if you've ever, if any of you have ever done it. Um, they're kind of, it's, it's very interesting. So through Penn State, through um, the, the uh, positive psychology area, if you, if you just Google, um, there's this, here, let me let me get my thought together here. This, this problem coming unrehearsed, right? Kind of blather a little bit. Um, so, Penn State um, and Dr. Seligman has created this thing. It's basically it's a it's a strengths a core characteristics strengths survey, and it's called Values in Action. And there's a number of these out there this one happens to be one that has been peer-reviewed um, it breaks down the um, 
what is seen as like the major core competencies, not core competencies, but the major um, sort of core personality strengths into 24, I believe it's 24 personality characteristics, strengths characteristics, I should say, I should stop saying personality, strengths characteristics. And so these, as they've seen it, are sort of universal. Everybody has these, they just have them to varying levels and they leverage them um, to varying levels and some might be more, you know, the top five strengths that they leverage on a consistent basis that sort of make up the core of who they are are going to be different person to person. Um, and same with the bottom five, right, of the 24 character strengths. Are, um, and these are things, when I say character strengths, right, um, it's different than like talent, right? I'm not talking about your ability to throw a ball or to, uh, you know, do calculations or even, you know, play an instrument like we were talking about before. But what I am talking about is, and going back to that instrument analogy, talking about things like creativity, right? Or you can't really, um, you know, you, you can't really, it's hard to measure creativity, all right, because it could be so, you know, so, so varying, like I said, going from like, I'm creating music on, a, on an instrument to I'm critically thinking problem solving, right? Um, so anyway, so Penn State has this thing, you can go take it online, it's free, they have a pro version where you can get, you know, more in-depth breakout of, of your uh, results, uh, it's 240 questions, right? So this thing has been peer-reviewed, you know, for whatever water that holds or weight that holds. Um, it has been peer-reviewed, which means other psychologists have have studied this thing, have tried to cr find holes in its effectiveness. And in the end, everyone agreed that this is pretty effective as, as far as measuring what your core strengths are. So it's 240 questions. Uh, I took it the other day. It took me about, I don't know, I want to say like 20 minutes, maybe half an hour. Um, and, it, and it popped out my order of strengths that I use. So now here's the thing to remember with these and, and any kind of test that's like personality, strength, core characteristics types test is that they're going to change over time, right? So my results today, they shouldn't be drastically different. And by that, I mean like my, say, top 10, top 5, top 10 core strengths will probably be the same over, you know, the course of years, right? But their order might change based on what's going on in my life at that time, right? Because it's just sort of a snapshot. It's a snapshot in time of where you're at right now. And it's sort of... Because obviously it's like, hey, if everything's going well in my life and I've got great relationships, I've got great success at work, um, I'm fully engaged, the answers to the questions are might, you know, are likely going to be different if everything's falling apart, right? If, you know, the my my relationship with my wife and kids is in the in the trash, I'm failing a bunch of stuff at work, uh, the car broke down, blah blah blah, right? Like I, I might answer differently to the questions of, you know, hey, I would do anything for, um, to get success, or I, I would, you know, put this thing in a higher priority than that thing, whatever it is, all right, so I, hey, I suggest you go take this, learn a little bit about yourself, 
learn a little bit about um, what makes you tick, right? Because this is uh, this is the point of all of this. How can we how can we self actualize? How can we become better versions of ourselves? Well, if we don't know who we are, and all we do is focus on weakness, how is that going to be the best version of ourselves, right? The continuum, the the line isn't just negative five to positive five. The ne- the line is really uh, if you want to if you want to clip it at negative five, okay, that's cool. But the positive side, there's no end. There's no end to your potential. There's no end to your greatness. Should you choose to pursue that? And I suggest you do. So when I took this test, um, my interestingly enough, my top five of um, you know my top five strengths were. Uh, perspective wisdom, um, which is the idea that people value what I have to say, my perspective on things. Um, and people turn to me for advice, which is also sort of a driving factor behind why I'm even doing this podcast and starting to look into, you know, potentially doing a, uh, uh, a coaching career a little bit later in a few years, um, after I, you know, retire from my current position. Um, my second one is a love of learning, which I find very true. I, I'm a, I consider myself a lifelong learner. Uh, I've always loved reading. I've always loved consuming knowledge. I've always loved, um, I've had a general like curiosity of like how things work and why things work and these sorts of things. So yeah, I do have a, a love of learning. Um, judgment, critical thinking, and open-mindedness. Um, and that is the idea that, um, I think through things and I examine them from all sides before making decisions, right? I don't jump, just jump to conclusions. Um, I try to rely on solid evidence to make my decisions. Um, but I'm also open to, uh, change, right? I'm open to changing my mind. And the reason for that is, Hey, if, if, we're examining things, uh, you know, I, my initial reaction is I think, uh, a certain, you know, we should take this route to get to this place, you know, but I'm presented with new evidence. It's like, no, if you go that way, you're going to run into a bunch of traffic. I mean, that's super overly simplistic. Right. But the idea is that like, I don't get married to that idea. It's like, okay, well, Hey, if that makes sense, then let's, let's go ahead and reroute, change course, go this other way. Um, and that goes true with perspectives on life, perspectives on, um, you know, everything to include, you know, the, the, the big no-no topics of like politics and religion. I shouldn't say no-no. They, um, I say that because there's the adage of like, you don't talk about politics or religion amongst friends, right? Because uh, people are pretty divided, especially nowadays with the tribalism that we have going on and everything. It's just... Um, it's unfortunate when folks get so entrenched in an idea that despite true, obvious, factual evidence to the contrary, they just won't see it and aren't open to changing their perspective because then that'd, that would be admitting that they're wrong which is just awful because how can we ever move forward if we can't do that? Um, 
So then number four, uh, bravery and valor. It says that I'm, I'm a courageous person who does not shrink from threat, challenge, difficulty, or pain. You speak up for what is right, even if there is opposition. You act on your convictions. And that's, I, I, try, to, I try to be true to who I am, right? So this is all getting back to leveraging our strengths, right? Like if you, if you know something, uh, you know, right from wrong, right? I know murdering is wrong. I know um, making decisions about people based on broad sweeping generalities and stereotypes is wrong. I know um, being a dick is wrong, right? <laughs> like, uh, then, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stand up for that. And then lastly, number five, and again, there's all 24. So they talk about all 24 and they rank them, but I'm going to just go through these five. Uh, my, my fifth one is honesty, authenticity, and genuineness. Um, I'm a real person. I'm a real boy. <laughs> you're down to earth and without pretense. Um, so basically, you know, and, and I find that to be true. I find, and I've been told that by other people. So it's not just me being, you know, thinking I am whatever, whatever, but I, I'm told that by other people. And so that validates the idea that I have that I try to be authentically me, I try to be genuine and honest in my dealings with people and not come from a place of deception, not come from a place of, um, of falsehood, not come from a place of um, just kind of going along to get along, you know, and I think that goes back to the, the bravery thing. Um, so... These are what we mean by strengths, these types of ideas, right? Um, and just to go one more, number six, hope, optimism, future-mindedness, right? Um, I think those, those, those are very important. So when we talk about strengths, we're not talking about how much you bench. We're not talking about, you know, wh whether or not you can squat 600 solid-ass pounds, right? We're talking about how you actually go about life, go about your day to day in an authentic way that is true to you. Um, whether that's leveraging things like creativity, whether things like uh, leveraging like optimism, right? Optimism is huge, huge for living a good life. When you're optimistic, when you're grateful, it does things to your brain. I'm not a scientist, but I know a little bit about no, I don't know a little bit. I know a minute bit about, you know, things like neuroscience, right? Um, and the brain having a neuroplasticity. So when you do things like, when you when you show optimism and gratitude, right? What it does is it opens up your frontal cortex and it opens up <coughs> and starts releasing, you know, dopamines and things like that, that are like the feel good hormones. And it opens your mind up to possibility, all right. When you show gratitude, when you have optimism, it opens up your mind to and your soul really to possibility. And so, um, you know, people that are optimistic, A, they generally live longer than people that are pessimistic. And B, they also are able to see opportunity more. And so then they are able to take advantage of that opportunity. So it's not just that they're lucky. It's that they're open to it. And this is done through having hope, having optimism, and having a little bit of future-mindedness. So, 
you know, how can we leverage our strengths more? Man, that's the, the, the million dollar question, right? How can we um, really get into these flow states more? Um, and, and how can we make sure that whatever it is that we're doing, um, it's, it's utilizing our best strengths. Um, you know, I think it's, it's that idea that we, A, we have to get away from the idea that strengths will take care of themselves. All right. We have to get away from this idea that I'm good at something already. And so I don't need to practice it. Um, I'm already, you know, authentic. I'm already, um, a lifelong learner. I'm already, um, you know, someone that is creative. And so I don't need to practice that. I can just go to my, my peg punching job and my creativity will always be there. And that's not, research suggests that that's not necessarily true. Just like anything, things can atrophy, right? Or things could be stunted in their growth and their development. And this will hold true even for um, things like hope, optimism, um, kindness, you know, uh, loyalty, right? Creativity, social intelligence, enthusiasm, zest, energy, those sorts of things. Like if you don't leverage those things, they will wither. If you're in a position whereby you are unable to leverage your creativity, you are unable to leverage your love of learning, you're unable to um, leverage, or you just don't tap into your natural optimism. And by contrast, you start allowing pessimism to take over well that natural optimism is going to wither and you're going to forget how to be optimistic you could always get it back right when neuroplasticity shows that the adage of you can't teach an old dog new tricks does not hold true for humans humans have this amazing capacity to learn and grow your brain can grow your your ability to uh, learn new things, learn new ways of thinking to um, get rid of negative ways of behaving, counterproductive ways of behaving, and start incorporating productive ways of behaving into who you are as a person is absolutely possible. As with anything, though, you have to want to do it. Change does not happen. In your personal life, if you do not want to do it, nobody can do it for you. You have to do it yourself. If you want to change, if you want to start living a more productive life, if you want to start looking at the world with a little more curiosity and interest and a little more hope and optimism, and you want to start um, really just kind of like opening your mind up to the possibilities that are out there you can but you have to want to do that right i can't make you be a critical thinker <laughs> i can't i can't make you 
uh, be kind, right? <coughs> in, in the workplace, I might be able to get compliance as a leader. I might be able to put policies in place that, uh, hey, you're not allowed to, um, you know, use certain kind of language in the workplace. I can do that. I can put that policy in place, but the best I'm ever going to get is compliance if nobody actually wants to go along with that. And in the end, compliance is going to break down because in the break room, in the bathroom, in the cubicles, in the back corners of the office, whatever, they're going to be using those words and telling those off-color jokes and being mean to each other if that's what you know the, the culture is and if that's what that desired behavior is. But if we can get true buy-in, if we can get a true desire to change, then change is 100% possible. And change not only in a cultural sense, um, and whether that's the workplace culture, whether that's society at large, whether that's within your own family, or whether that's within yourself, right? If that's within yourself, it has to start there, though, and it has to come from a genuine place within you of desire to change for the better. And so <clears throat> when we focus on these strengths, right, how do we do this? Um, we, have to, we have to practice them. So we have to, if one of our strengths, um, let's say one of our strengths is, is, is kindness, right, or loyalty, um, teamwork, right? Inserting ourselves and finding ways to incorporate people um, if, if let's say one of our strengths is teamwork, I'm a really great team player. I excel when I'm part of a team. I excel when I am working with other people on a project towards a collective goal. <laughs> this is what really um, you know drives me into a flow state. Well, I'm gonna take a drink of water. If this is what really drives me into a flow state, then I need to start seeking out ways to do that. I need to start, uh, it, it might even be something as simple as um, asking somebody else to help you on a project. Hey man, can you come help me with this? You know, I think I've got it, and maybe you do. I think I've got it, but uh, I just wanted a, a second opinion, or I just wanted um, to see what you might think about this, or, or you know, conversely, like, hey, you got anything you need help with? You know, and then that scratches the itch of, of the kindness and the generosity, offering help, offering to be a part of somebody else's uh, endeavor, even though, you know, it, it doesn't have any tangible end benefit for you other than, and this is huge and don't discount it, that self-actualization, right? I mean, this is what this is all about, self-actualizing. How do I be more authentically me? How do I live a life that is authentically me where I feel fulfilled every day. And we do that by leveraging our strengths and stop focusing on weakness. Stop focusing on areas that we suck, <laughs> right? Hey, if you're gonna suck at that, it is what it is. You might get better, but you're never gonna be great at it. Let's just, just be honest with yourself, right? Whatever it is, you're never gonna be great. The best you can be is minimum. The best you could be is meeting the standard minimum minimum zero right but if you start leveraging your strengths 
and you start being authentically you, what happens is not only do those strengths get better, whatever they are, um, creativity, ingenuity, you know, um, optimism, future-mindedness, right? Seeing what's possible. <coughs> but so not only does that those strengths increase and become more prominent, but now you also start seeing more areas that you get to leverage that strength. That strength. You start seeing more ways in which you can incorporate that into other facets of your life and other facets of your work. And now you're starting to incorporate that into areas that previously you didn't realize could even be incorporated in because you're better at it, because you've been practicing at and you've leveled up on something you're already good at. And now that area that you're struggling in because you were coming at it from a place of weakness, now you're coming at it from a place of strength and you're attacking that problem in a way that's authentically you and you're now solving that problem in a way that's more than just the minimum standard. And this leads to true success. And this is how we get better. There was a book I read not too long ago um, <clears throat> that was this this guy was talking about there was a there was a study that was done of two college basketball teams uh, and these were both I forget which ones they were um, but they were both like division one you know big time college basketball teams and both had made it to the playoffs but didn't quite make it to the big show um, and you know didn't get the championships uh, state championship whatever it was so one team decided to go back to the drawing board as, as any competitive element does after a loss. They go back to the drawing board and they look at where they were weak, where their holes were, where their gaps were in the, in the defense or whatever it was. Um, you know, this <laughs> Shaq can't show to shoot a free throw to save his life, right? Uh, and so they started working on that. They started working on just the weaknesses. And the other team, they went back to the drawing board and they looked at, well, what was it that we did really well? What was it that we did really well? Well, we were draining threes like crazy. Ball movement was great. Once, once we got in the paint, you know, big man just was able to slam it in there. Nobody could stop him. All right, cool. And so they focused on those strengths. Next season comes around. The team that focused on the weakness, not only did they not win the championship again, but they actually did worse than the previous team or the previous year. They did worse than the previous year because all they did was focus on the weakness and they didn't focus on their strengths. Guess what? I'll give, give you two guesses. One of them don't count. The team that focused on their strengths, guess what happened? They won that state championship that, that very next year because they weren't concerned about the weakness, right? I mean, do a little bit, shore it up some so it's not just something that could be, like, exploited like crazy. But when your strengths are such that they're overpowering, it doesn't matter which weakness is. It almost doesn't matter. I'll give one more example. It's another sports example, but it is what it is. Ronda Rousey. Everybody knows Ronda Rousey. 
amazing, amazing fighter, great champion, was just on a terror streak, right? Just armbarring everybody, taking them to the ground, taking them down, just obliterating people in like, you know, a minute or less, right? And then what happened? She fought, who was it? Holly Holmes, I believe, right? And she's like, well, I don't want to be known as just this ground person, this one-trick pony, this armbar person. I can stand with Holly Holmes. Like, no, <laughs> no, you can't. And then she got her ass beat because she tried to play to a weakness that she had. And at that level, especially when you start getting at that professional level and whatever endeavor it is, you start getting that professional level, strengths matter. Strengths are what differentiates between people. Strengths are what are the great discriminators. Had Ronda Rousey, and this is maybe debatable, but my opinion, I'll leave it at that, my opinion is had Ronda Rousey not tried to stand with Holly Holmes, that outcome likely would have been very different. Instead, she just got tagged. Tag, 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 and then lost the belt because of it. Because she didn't play to her strengths. Because she wasn't being authentic to who she was as a fighter. And who she was as a professional. And who she was as a person. She was trying to play to what the crowd wanted. She was trying to play to some other version of herself that she, she just wasn't being honest with. And so this can hold true for, for anybody and everybody. When we play to our strengths and we're honest with who we are and we're honest to ourselves, we're unstoppable. Right? Don't get me wrong. There's going to be challenges. Life is challenging. That's just, that's just how it is. Life is challenging. Right? But instead of asking... You know how do we how do we treat the problem once the problem has occurred? Let's let's start asking how do we prevent the problem from occurring in the first place, right? Instead of looking at what went wrong, let's look at what went right. Any situation, victory or defeat, there's things that went wrong and there's things that went right, and what we focus on is going to be what determines the next outcome. And if all we focus on is what went wrong, we've already put ourselves in a negative mindset. We've already put ourselves in this failure mentality. We've already put ourselves in a place to which the best we could hope for is to get back to zero. But when we focus on what went right, we start from a place of like plus one, plus two, and the ceiling isn't there. The heights to which you can go with a positive focused, strengths focused, what went right focused mentality are limitless. Are absolutely limitless. It's only limited by you and what you you decide you can do. How far you can take something, right? I mean, in the end, if we if we take ownership of our lives, if we take ownership of who we are, if we take ownership of our actions, our 
our behaviors, we get in touch with our values. Talked in the last episode is finding our why, right? We start tapping into these things. We start using that as that motivation. We start using it as those drivers. And we come from any problem set with that as a background and a forward thinking mindset of I'm coming from a place of strength and I'm utilizing my strengths. We could absolutely do anything we want to do in life. Now there's going to be challenges. That's life. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be difficulties. There's going to be roadblocks. But how you deal with that is going to be the determiner of your success or failure. And how you focus on what is right versus what is wrong in the sense of how I'm behaving, how I'm acting, how I'm leveraging my skill set, how I'm leveraging my authentic self is going to be a huge huge factor in determining your success right and I don't say this to say that you just ignore weaknesses right you ignore traumas you ignore whatever again two different continua you have to address it if you're if you're depressed if you're dealing with some serious um, trauma whatever it was in life you know there's some horrific shit that can happen out there you have to deal with that you have because if you don't that will become prohibitive in in what you are allowing yourself to do because you're focused on whatever that was right and so you have to you have to deal with whatever those challenges are in life if it's a, a loss of a loved one a loss of a, a, a job, a feeling of hopelessness, you, you, you know, your relationship fell apart, whatever that is, you have to deal with that as it is. But um, on the flip side, and, and, and concurrently, you can absolutely still attack problems and you can come at life acknowledging and, and beginning to focus on what is right. There's a thing we talk about in, in uh, resiliency classes, right? Uh, you know, look for, hunt the good stuff is what they say, right? It's kind of cheesy, but it is, it's, it's good. It's a good process, especially if you're dealing with challenges and you're dealing with adversity in life. And it's, it's stemmed, it's steeped from uh, positive psychology. And actually the trainings come from, from Penn State, right? Um, and what that means is like you're searching for that silver lining, right? Or you're searching for just the things that went well in life, went well today. You can do this like literally every day. Every day, look at and identify, or it doesn't have to be every day, maybe once a week, but identify at least like three things, maybe even one thing, just start small, that went right. You know, so far today, uh, I got up early. I thought that went right. I was able to uh, to get some coffee made, uh, and I started and I started this podcast. I started this episode. I did the recording for this episode of the podcast. That's huge. That's wins. We're we're starting the day out winning. That's amazing. So now, whatever happens throughout the rest of the day, whatever happens throughout the rest of the day, at least I know that. 
uh, we got we got at least something that went right and I can focus on that and I can use that as a, as a glimmer of hope and a beam of light and whatever it is some positive aspect in my life to help me get through whatever that dark time is because I know that positive thing already happened right and I've already and I've acknowledged it that's the key you have to acknowledge it don't just let it go it could be even be something as simple as like hey I was able to to kiss the kid goodbye before I had to head off to work today maybe some days you don't get to do that I got to say you know goodbye to by the loved one before I went to work today give a, give a little kiss maybe have a couple sips of coffee together enjoy a little conversation in the morning or at if you do it at night you know went, what went right during the day well hey you know me and the me and the crew we went and we got some good lunch we had some good conversation or I was able to knock out that that project or get that memo done or had a good conversation, productive conversation with one of my colleagues or my boss or whatever it was, whatever it was. My car didn't break down, right? Uh, turn the turn the turn the engine on. And, oh man, I, that's right. I feel I did fill up the gas tank. Man, that's awesome. You know, found a good deal on something. Whatever it was, acknowledge those positive things. And the more you do that, the more that builds that that optimism. The more it opens up that prefrontal cortex, sends out that dopamine hit, makes you feel good, helps you get past, <clears throat> excuse me, helps you get past those challenges in life. Because you're coming from it from a place of positivity. You're coming at it from a place of strength. You're coming at it from a place of plus two to infinity rather than negative five to zero. You're not putting a cap on it. So do that. Do that. Try to try to look at how you can leverage your strengths more, right? And let's get out of this weakness focus, illness focus mindset. Let's get out of that. Let's start getting into a strength focused mindset. Let's start attacking problems and attacking life from a place of strength, from a place that leverages who we are, who we are authentically us. So we can hit these flow states more often so we can start leveraging our strengths in more areas as we open up the opportunity to see it, as we hone those skills, as we get better at life. And as we get better at actualizing ourselves, we can get more successful, we can have better relationships, and we can live a more fulfilled, positive, happy life in the end. All right, hey, I'm going to wrap this up. I appreciate y'all sticking with me. Um, I, I really do. And uh, if you could, uh, you know, hit that little subscribe button, whatever it is. I plan on doing these at, at least once a week uh, as I can. Um, I really, the, the goal is once a week. If I can get, you know, an extra one in there here and there, then I'm going to do it as inspiration hits. Uh, but I really do appreciate the support. Uh, we got the support link up on there if, if you feel you find value in this and you can you can do that that would be also really really greatly appreciated uh kind of you know helps keeps the lights on and all of that anyway thank you thank you so much for staying with me thank you for this conversation uh, i really appreciate it and let's get after it let's get after living a more successful fulfilled life let's get after being more authentically us 
Let's get after leveraging our strengths, honing our strengths, identifying what they are, and bringing those to the table more often so that we can be successful and we can help all those around us be successful. All right. Hey, thanks, everyone. Y'all take care and have a great day.